1: And without further ado, let's begin. So this happened around nine years ago when I was 11. There was a girl at school called Amy who didn't have many friends. She was very quiet and honestly I thought that she was a bit strange but I felt like it would be a nice thing to befriend her. We got talking, and she actually turned out to be really nice, and we became best friends rather quickly. It got to the point where I spent pretty much every weekend at her house, and then we would walk to school together as well. Even at my age, I knew that there was something weird about her dad, though, Kevin. He was very interested in me, it seemed, and always tried to play fight and stuff, which is weird in itself. Whenever he was around, I also felt weird... He was a short fat man with grey white hair, always had a weird smirk on his face and really wide eyes. It started off with stealing bits of my food when I wasn't looking and then laughing and making sure to put his arms around my shoulders to apologise. He'd always be wherever we were, upstairs, downstairs or garden and he just kind of always lurked about. There was a day too where Mamie's nan was visiting, Mamie's mother's mum and Kevin kissed her nan on the mouth hello which was weird. Then it turned into the creepiest and sloppiest French kiss that I'd ever seen. Everyone except me and Amy found it funny. She put on a smile when her family looked over, but I was horrified. Maybe I shouldn't have gone back, I know, but I felt like I had to, for Amy's sake. After that, there was a day where we were playing in a room, and Kevin came in and started an argument over nothing. It got heated, and he grabbed a rubbish bag saying that he was going to throw all of her toys away. Of course, an 11-year-old is going to go mad if they think their dolls are being thrown away, so she was hysterical. We followed him downstairs, where he told her that if she spoke to him like that again, she would regret it. It was then that he started to remove his belt, and I mean, what the hell, right? She pushed me towards their front door, which is just in front of the stairs, so we could run out of it, but... She was sort of half laughing as if she was trying to convince me that it wasn't serious. I could tell that it was though but I got to the door and when I turned around and waited, Kevin slammed it shut. But not the porch door and then all I heard was Amy screaming at the top of her lungs. I was scared but I didn't want to leave her and so I just kind of stood there. Eventually I found the courage to go back in and I went upstairs to Amy who was brushing her doll's hair. She smiled at me, but she had a tear-stained face. There were no visible marks, but all there was on show were her arms, so he could have really hit her anywhere. I then felt as if I had to protect her, so I continued going there and didn't tell my mum a thing. One night, I woke up thirsty and we were close enough for me to just go and get myself a drink, so I went upstairs and Kevin was laying there on the floor in the dark with nothing but tidy whities on and he just kind of weirdly stared at me. It was the the creepiest thing too. Just the street lamp from outside shining through a gap in the blind lit up the room enough to see and I didn't get myself a drink. I just ran back upstairs. I wouldn't go there after that until I knew for sure that he wouldn't be there and I didn't sleep over anymore too. Anyway... I was talking to Amy recently and she actually opened up to me because she sent me her mental health assessment sheet and when she was 10 she woke up to Kevin well you can probably guess the rest her 15 year old sister Kevin isn't her sister's dad but not like that makes anything better right who was screaming for Amy it also stated that he beat Amy on a regular basis her most recent was two years ago he beat her up in front of a friend and her friend called the police. I told her the things that I'd seen and how I knew that something just wasn't right. All I know of him now is that he's in hospital suffering with COPD and quite honestly, I don't care. We moved into a new house when I was tenish years old. There was nothing special about the house, but I got a room in the basement, which was way bigger than my old room, so I was thrilled. That didn't last long because the very first night that we slept there, come bedtime, I headed to my room. And as soon as I got to the stairs, I instantly regretted picking that room. It was dark and secluded and it really freaked me out at night. But I made my way downstairs and I climbed into bed. I fell asleep and I wake up at about 2 or 3 in the morning to hear a girl sobbing. It scared me pretty badly, but it was coming from the side of the room. The door was on, so I dare not make a run for it. The crying goes on for 5 to 10 minutes and then slowly just kind of winds down. I finally calm myself and eventually I go back to sleep. This happens every single night for months, I didn't want to tell my parents, so I asked my brother to sleep in the room with me, and every time that he slept in my room with me, not a sound. It's frustrating, but weird enough that I finally just kind of got used to it. Sometimes I wouldn't even wake up, but I know deep down that it was occurring while I was sleeping. Then, a few months later, I started dreaming of a girl in a wedding dress, but it looks like she was in a car accident. She was disfigured and scary as hell to me. She would always be sitting holding something, but in the dream I was always too scared to look. This dream also kept reoccurring for quite some time until the sound and the dream were pretty much every night's events. And this goes on and on and on, and as time passes, it bothers me less and less. Then one night, I wake up and I hear the same sobbing. I roll over and try to go back to sleep, but... Before I can notice the cry starting to switch, it slowly goes from crying to this deranged laugh. This freaks me out badly for some reason. I panic and I get up and I run towards the door, even if it is towards the sound. I get to the door and the sound is right next to me. I don't know if the door was locked or if I was just panicked, but I couldn't open it too, and I started screaming and screaming at the top of my lungs. I hear the footsteps of my parents running towards me. I hear them running down the stairs and I'm in complete panic. The door starts shaking like they're trying to open it. And as this is happening, I feel someone grab my arm. And at that, I just lose it. I'm ripping at the door and trying to get it open with my parents on the other side. I get it to finally open, expecting my dad on the other side. When I do, there's nobody there. The door is open though, so I run upstairs screaming and crying. Now that I'm upstairs, my parents finally hear me and they come out of their bedroom. I tell them everything and they just kind of look lost. But I told them right there and then that I would never go back down there again and they let me start sleeping in the living room. I never heard it again after that and I never really went back downstairs too. Months later, we moved and I kind of got over it, but that was definitely one of the scariest moments of all of my childhood. I met Carter at a convention and right off the bat, he kind of scared me. I heard rumors that he'd nearly been removed from the extremely liberal convention, but... He seemed nice enough and kind of lonely, so I decided to befriend him since he insisted. But then I noticed that he was always just kind of nearby. When I was walking to my hotel, he was there. When I was eating lunch, he was there. When I was in my private group, he ended outside the door. But When I went to meetings, he went to and sat beside me. He usually either walked up to me and started a conversation, which ended in awkward silence, or just kind of stared at me from 50 yards away. I couldn't believe that he was really following me, so I went to my hotel, disguised myself, and went outside to see if he was there. And he was. And I mean, literally lurking in the trees nearby. He pressured me into giving my number, so I gave him a fake one. He found my professional information and begged me to look over his work, which I declined. He asked if I'd be at a party, and I lied and said no. He showed up anyway. Somehow he knew that I decided to go. He always talked about how lonely and depressed he was too and how I was a lifeline until on my way home from the convention I had no phone service during the flight. He freaked out and spammed like 49 messages until ending with okay fine I'm going to end myself now just so you know strongly implying that it was my fault for not answering him immediately. I told him to call 911 I then blocked him he contacted me through instagram hangouts email and more but i never replied in fact i asked the convention security to speak with him about his creepy behavior and i was told to just turn your phone off. fast forward a few months though and i get an email from james asking me to look over his work not a big deal i run a program specifically for this sort of thing i agreed since his email was very polite and well worded but He seemed pushy in a way that I couldn't figure out. I ignored it, reviewed his work, and ceased communication. But you can probably see where this is going, right? So a little while later, he confessed that it was Carter all along. He put all the blame on me and apologized in a really horrible and kind of manipulative way, begging me once again to review his work. I never replied, and here we are so i just got back home from an appointment in town and i can't seem to shake what i saw on the ride back i was sitting in the passenger seat and it was around 8 pm at this point so it was pretty dark out i live in an area with a lot of homeless people so it's not uncommon for me to pass by them roaming around at night I was just kind of staring at the window super absent-mindedly my eyes not even fully focused on the images going by when i saw this older woman walking around by herself on the sidewalk she had headphones on over her ears and she was in dirty clothing with a bunch of blankets draped over her shoulders she was smiling and kind of pointing at something above her she was laughing too looking like she found whatever it was above her to be pretty amusing I barely registered it because I just kind of assumed that it was another homeless person on drugs seeing something that wasn't there. But when I passed by, out of the corner of my eye, I saw something floating above her head, right where she was staring and pointing up at. And honestly, it looked like the bottom of someone's feet. It was like someone was standing right above her, wearing a long and ragged cloak. That's all I could make out from my view from the car window but my eyes didn't even focus on it. And when I realized what I saw, I searched in all the mirrors and turned around in my seat to get a better look, but there was nothing there. And I mean, there wasn't even anything. No lampposts, no lights, nothing. Nothing that could have been mistaken for what I saw near the woman at least. There was only one of those tall wooden posts for electrical lines further down the street, but that was it. Now the only explanation that I can think of is that the power of suggestion made my eyes play tricks on me or something. I'm a believer in the paranormal for sure but I'm also very skeptical when it comes to personal experiences like this because I know the mind is very good at making things up. But I just keep thinking about it and I know that there was nothing else on that street. and I also know what I saw. Does anyone know what this might have been? I have no idea why now, out of all times, that I would see something like this and why there was a woman that seemed to be able to see it too. The whole situation just has me really confused.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take
1: Back when I was around the age of fourteen, I lived with my dad, my two elder brothers, and my older sister in this small house that we used to call the Greenhouse. It had a fairly big backyard for our four blue-nosed pits to enjoy, and a regular-sized front yard, but a small living space inside the house. Although old, it was a cozy place and felt quite welcoming as a whole. Many ways. One night, all of my siblings were in the boys' room, my brother's room, playing on their PS3 and I for some reason didn't want to be in there so I went into the living room which is right outside the boys room. I say for some reason because when I was younger I was very scared of being alone in the dark so that was pretty unusual for me to do. All the lights off were in the rooms and I was just kind of sitting on the couch playing with my sister's DS. I was playing a spongebob game and that was my whole source of light. I'm sitting in the corner and to the left of me is my brother's room and straight in front of me is the doorway to the kitchen. In the middle of playing on the DS, I just pointed the screen at the doorway of the kitchen to light it up so that I could see, but there was nothing. It wasn't like a force or impulse that made me point the light, but more of an unconscious movement. After no more than 20 seconds had passed, I did it again and pointed my sister's DS to the doorway. But this time, I saw her. She was a young girl crawling with her hands and feet across the doorway, upside down on my ceiling. She had long black hair that dangled, her eyes were dark red, but her body was very pale and it looked as if her body glowed a bit. She stopped in the middle of the doorway like a deer caught in headlights. I could see her whole body and she turned her head and we made eye contact. I don't know how long I stared at her emotionless, but after some time... I shut my hand down to hide the light, and after a few seconds, I pointed it back up, and she was just gone. I remember that I kept asking myself over and over again, why didn't she scare me, why didn't I feel scared when we were making eye contact? It confused me a lot, and after sitting there for a bit, I called out for my sister to go into the kitchen and turn on the light. It confused me a lot, and after sitting there for a bit... I called out for my sister to go out to the kitchen and turn on the light. The light switch was right under the spot the little girl was crawling around. She was skeptical but went and turned it on anyways and after she did, I got up to investigate but after finding nothing, I confessed to what just happened. I know that it was really messed up for me to send my sister in there blindly like that but... I hope you can understand that I was worried afterward and needed some comfort and reassurance from the light being turned on. To this day, I really don't know what I saw or if it was all just in my head or what. All I know is that, whatever it was, this girl had an emptiness to her. I don't know if she meant any harm and I never actually saw her again after that. I experienced many more paranormal events, but not in the greenhouse, so I don't know. The whole situation is a a strange one, for sure. This happened back in the 90s when I was still in primary school, so I really had no clue how much danger I was actually in. I would have been around 11 years old, I think, living in a regional city of Australia. And for the last year, I had been having a lot of trouble at school, getting bullied a bit by classmates and whatnot. And felt really singled out by my teacher as well. But my mum, she worked around the corner from my school, so when everything would get too much at school, we'd literally just walk out of class, down the road, and onto her worksite. It would take me about half an hour to walk there, along the main road. A couple of times I noticed a small white car drive past me slowly, but I only noticed this because I would see the same car go up and down the street as I was walking, and while I was sitting outside of my mum's worksite, too. So, after a while, I started seeing this car driving up my street at home and parked along the street as well that my brother and I would ride our bikes around in. I don't remember thinking that it was strange because it was a small town and it wasn't unusual to see the same cars or people. It was just like, oh, there goes that car again. My family followed a serious routine. Mondays were swimming and tutoring, Tuesdays were netball training, Wednesday netball game, Thursday basketball training, Fridays we would go and see a professional basketball or football depending on the season game, Saturday was my brother's basketball games, and Sundays were our day to go to the river with friends for swims and a barbecue lunch. And that never really changed unless someone was sick. So One Friday night I'm dressed and ready to go watch this basketball game but I can't find my shoes. I'm pretty sure that they're in the car which is in the garage under our two-story house and to get to it i have to walk down the outside steps at the front of the house which has a full view of the road i walk out the front door and at the end of our driveway is a small white car now i've never taken that much notice of the white cars up until this point and it wasn't uncommon for cars to park in this exact spot for our neighbors but I just, for some reason, got a sinking feeling in my stomach when I looked at it. I kept walking down the stairs, and as I go closer to the bottom, the driver's side door opens, and a man gets out quickly. I keep walking towards the garage, and he starts moving towards our driveway. And that was the point when something inside me just told me to scream for my parents and run and lock myself in the car. I did exactly that. And this guy, who was halfway up my driveway at this point, turned around and ran back to his car and just drove off. By the time my parents came out, there was no evidence that this had actually happened. And, of course, they didn't believe me. A week later, though, there was a notice in our school newsletter about a man in a white car attempting to abduct another child from my school on the same night. My parents were very shaken by this and took me seriously after reading that. I don't think that he was ever caught, but it definitely taught me to listen to my intuition and take notice of my surroundings from that point on. So, this was a hike up to Half Dome. We had a campground about 20 minutes drive away from the trailhead, and the group was composed of me, 18-year-old male, my uncle, 32-year-old male, and my uncle's friend, D. There were two girls too with us, but they aren't really relevant to the story. So, my uncle and his friend are both Christians. So there were no substances consumed that would induce the feelings that I'll be talking about. We get to our campsite too, and we set up camp and go to sleep after eating. We plan to wake up at 4 and start hiking by 4.30. But for some reason, I just randomly wake up at 3.30 in the morning. Like, completely wide awake. And look out of my hammock and i remember feeling this really odd feeling as if i was woken up by something and i remember looking at the moonlit scene the moon was very bright for some reason and thinking to myself that the whole thing just kind of looks like a dream i lay back in my hammock but i can't go to sleep and end up waking up my uncle my friend at 350. my uncle asks me were you walking around at night This is important, but I say no and ask why. He says that he woke up for some reason and could hear someone walking around. Not like an animal, but a person. I say, huh, weird, and in the end, we just kind of brush it off. We get to the trailhead around 4.30, and as everyone is unloading the car, Dee says that he's going to use the bathroom, which there are a couple of them before the trailhead. I walk behind him for some time before falling behind and waiting for my uncle who forgot something in the car. The short straight road from the parking lot runs directly into a T intersection with the road to the trailhead, and the bathroom is directly across from the intersection through the field a little. Those who have been there will know what I'm talking about. We get to the intersection and wait for Dee to come out of the bathroom. We wait for about ten minutes before I go and check the bathroom, and he just isn't there. I go back to my uncle and tell him that, and he says, weird, and maybe he went back to the car or something, and we decide to wait a bit more. By 5.10, we begin to worry a bit, and my uncle goes to check out the car while I wait at the intersection to make sure that we don't miss him if he went down the road or something away from the trailhead. My uncle returns and says that he isn't there either. We decide that maybe he went up the trailhead without us for some reason and walk up there in about 10 minutes. He isn't there either, and we're just kind of baffled now, because there's just no other logical places that he would go. I decide to turn back and check the car in the bathroom again, but I meet him halfway before I get to the intersection. He's sweaty and disheveled with a weird look in his eyes, and I say, where have you been? And he says that he went to the bathroom, and when he got back to the intersection that we weren't there and that he just assumed that we went to the trailhead and started walking and then met me. I say, what do you mean? We waited at the intersection for over an hour and a half and checked at the car, the bathroom and the trailhead and you weren't anywhere. He says, well, I don't know. I just went to the bathroom. He then asks me where my uncle is and I say at the trailhead and he asks me again. I tell him again and note that it was weird that he asked me twice as we're crossing the bridge to the trailhead he sees a light off on the riverbank and exclaims oh maybe that's him and i just look at him and kind of keep walking i thought that his behavior was really strange like he wasn't thinking straight or something we finally get on with the hike and it goes by as normal except that we seem to keep losing things such as my uncle's small red flashlight one of the girl's gloves, a water bottle, etc. It was kind of like we just simply forgot about the items and couldn't remember where we could have left them. On the way back, it got really dark and we turned on our flashlights and as we near the end of the hike, after the two waterfalls, it begins to seem as if we'd been walking for far too long and my uncle also confirms this, asking me, doesn't it seem like it's been way too long to get back? I say, yeah, I was just thinking that. We keep walking, and it still seems that we weren't making any kind of progress, if that's the right word. I've been on the trail many times, and as I was walking, I couldn't spot any familiar landmarks. It was just really weird, and there was this odd feeling in the air too. Sort of a slight menacing feeling. It's it's hard to describe. but I remember thinking that... It feels like the woods are alive. We remark three more times about how long this hike is taking and begin to laugh at it because it just felt so ridiculous. After a bit we finally and suddenly find ourselves on the final stretch and we eventually make it back to the car. Now all of this seemed odd at the time but I just kind of brushed it off and I only realized just how weird those events felt after we got home and my aunt asks my uncle were you camping and he says yeah how did you know as we didn't tell them that we were going since it was kind of last minute she says that she had this odd dream where she sees my uncle in a tent in a forest somewhere and someone is outside of his tent she says that she couldn't see who it was but knew that there was a presence there and then she woke up at around three and had the strong urge to pray for him and she did My uncle kind of looks at me after that, like, are you hearing this? And I honestly don't know what to make of any of this, but I wanted to post it here because I would love to hear your opinions. What do you guys think? This happened about 13 or 14 years ago in my home country, the Dominican Republic. I'm 30 now, so it was a while ago, but I've never been able to get it out of my head. So, it was spring break, and a group of friends and I, we went up to our friend's dad's house in the mountains. It's a town called Constanza, and it's the highest settlement in the country, sitting at about 1,200 metres, around 4,000 feet. The house is a bit higher up, as it's located roughly 45 minutes from town, going up a straight mountain. It's the highest house in the area, in fact. And there was around five or six of us, and we'd been hanging out for a few days up there. Just having fun, barbecuing, playing pool, and having a few beers. Just kind of kicking back. On the third or fourth day, we were all tired since we spent the day walking and horse riding. At around 10pm, everyone was out cold, except for my friend, a son of the owner's house, and I. We'd been pals for a while and we'd been up there a handful of times before. We always used to stay up late and hang up around on the terrace and the deck talking about just random stuff really. We had already been out there for a while at this point on these reclining patio chairs and we were looking at the sky and literally counting the shooting stars but they're so common up there that it became a sort of game for us when suddenly a huge when compared to the other stars at least circular light appeared in the sky I really don't know how to describe the size but I want to say that it looked like 15 or 20 times the size of a regular star or a faraway airplane light or something it didn't appear to be close in fact it kind of looked like it was far away but this light just kind of sat there completely still we asked each other if we were seeing the same thing but didn't talk much after it felt kind of a entrancing or something and we both fell silent just looking at it for about a minute out of nowhere this light just starts bouncing around the sky at an incredible speed over a huge distance in the sky the best way I can describe it is that it moved like the ball in pong the old school video game inside what looked like a defined area kind of like a a square or a rectangle the bouncing around went on for about 30 seconds or so and then it just kind of disappeared no trace of the light whatsoever and nothing but here's the weirdest part so after this we just immediately felt sleepy we were actually dozing off in a matter of seconds and I don't remember who said that we should go to sleep or if any of us actually said it but we stood up and we just went to our rooms and that night I had the most vivid and realistic dream that I've ever had And that's what keeps me awake at night. This dream was just different. I remember being on a spaceship moving on top of a river. I never felt scared or in danger or anything, but I never saw anyone or anything else either. But I did feel a a presence there with me. I was standing in the front part of the ship in front of a huge window just looking out. We were moving slowly on top of this river, floating or flying and it looked like the river was coming to an end kind of like a waterfall when we reached the end and we just kept on flying and i could see this amazing view just tons of waterfalls and each had structures and buildings on the rivers and it looked like a futuristic city built on those rivers and the surrounding lands and it was amazing truly amazing i didn't see much else after that but one of the most bizarre things is that i heard or felt numbers It was a a long sequence, which I think were coordinates or something similar that they were trying to tell me. I woke up and I still remember those numbers, similar to when you wake up and remember a dream very vividly, but forget almost instantly. I stood up kind of dazed and confused and went looking for something to write, but I forgot them before I could do anything. A lot of years have gone by since then and I'm still convinced that these beings were trying to tell me where they were and who they are. I'm not sure why they need to tell us, human beings, where they are or why they chose me but I do believe it. I've never had any other paranormal, ghost, abduction or otherworldly experiences since or after it so this one has obviously really stuck over the years. But I just wanted to share my experiences and hopefully find others who may have had similar ones. This happened when I was about five or six years old. My mother was a dealer for Coca-Cola at the time in the rural regions of my city, so that means that she and her fellow employees would be delivering crates of coke to little villages in the boonies pretty regularly. On this particular day, no deliveries were scheduled and anything that was to be delivered was already done, so we were all just kind of all hanging out at the warehouse. My mum figured since it was the end of the week, let's all go out on a little road trip with the crew. Everyone agreed and then one of the crew suggested that we go to this new inland resort of a couple of towns over. It was nothing fancy, just a large area with a few pools, a pond where you can catch your own catfish for meals and whatnot, and bamboo huts along the sides. We all get in the truck and off we go. We arrive sometime in the early afternoon, and Mum is telling members of the crew what to do. One books a hut, one gets our staff in an order and someone to keep an eye on me. While I look around, never wandering too far, I see an old lady, maybe in her late 50s or maybe 40s, I suppose, looking at me. I was a friendly kid, so I waved and smiled. She just stared at me, so I told the crew member who was looking after me, who in turn told my mum. She informed everyone to watch out for her and to make sure someone always has eyes on me. We proceed on merrymaking and mum's swimming in the pool, mum and the crew are having a few drinks and eating some catfish... This dragged on till maybe 6 or 7 o'clock in the afternoon. I stayed in the pool the majority of the time and would just come up for a bit of soda, but on my last attempt to jump in, I see from the far end of the pool that same old lady. I immediately tell my mum, who looks in her direction and tells everyone, that we're packing up and we're going back to the warehouse. We get back and mum requests that three of the guys stay the night at the old house and if they could stay up one at a time just to be safe. Sometime in the middle of the night though, I get woken up to my mum telling me to be quiet and follow her to one of the bedrooms in the back and to leave my slippers so we don't make any noise. I ask why, and she pointed out to the other side of the gate, and there was that same lady. She insists that I go to one of the rooms at the back of the house and stay there till she gets me. I follow and then hear her wake the crew up. I hear them leave the house and confront the lady by the gate with questions like who are you, what do you want, how did you follow us but mum said that she just glared at them while mumbling and now and then would crane her neck looking past them as if to look for someone. She eventually leaves and in the morning I'm taken back to the city to my actual house while my mum went back to the town to continue her job and inform the local authorities of this person. We never did see the lady again, and it's been 20 years since then, but I asked my mum about the old lady again and whatever happened to her report. She said that she and the three crew members that confronted her went straight to the town hall before they started on work. It's a small town, so it wasn't that hard to find someone via description, and they did find out who she was. The local authorities went to this little bamboo hut on the edge of town about a mile or so into some wooded area. The plan was to give her a warning, but when they got to the hut, nobody was in. They checked the windows, but nobody was inside or around the area. Someone did live there because there were ducks and chickens in a small pen on the side of the house. But they just decided to leave and update mum later in the afternoon. And nothing really ever happened after that because they never saw anyone at that house again. I've been working as a guard for a few months, and I noticed noises and just odd occurrences since my first day there. The layout of my patrol is a a two-part office building, one side, the north side, using only a floor for offices, the second floor and the first floor for storage for spare chairs and cubicle walls. The other side, the south side, is abandoned when the company housed in that section moved to a new location, both floors being full with cubicles, chairs, desks, the posters date there to about 2013 I think. There's no files or personal property, all of that stuff is in the south section but the lights don't work properly due to the weather damage in 2016. So when I start my patrol I start on the bottom floor of the north offices which is mostly barren aside from a tornado shelter, cubicle walls stored against a wall and the janitor supply room. Down on this floor though I felt my jacket grabbed more than once while checking the area. The second floor with the offices is more active than the bottom floor though where chairs move and roll into the hallway and the sound of the filing cabinet slams shut all the time but when I check to see if anyone is around I find some half open and papers on the floor. The south building is the worst one though. The first day that I did a patrol I had chairs, not desk ones with wheels, moved positions more than once and while I would like to blame my co-workers, only two people have keycards to that building, security and maintenance. When I'm on the top floor I have heard office doors slam and when I investigate to find the doors I uh, routinely hear footsteps upstairs. My co-workers have claimed to hear voices and seen shadows as well. The closest thing that I've had happen besides the sounds was a flashlight, new batteries that I replaced the day before, constantly flickering on the bathroom floor of the south building and returning to normal when I leave. I'm actually going to try investigating some more of this sometime on Tuesday. I'm going to try and take a digital recorder in and see if anything happens. I'll also try to replicate the flashlight issue and see if it was just a hardware thing or not. Anyway, if you guys have any good tips on what I should do or what is the best way to try and capture this stuff, I'm all ears. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too.